Hello and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal, and on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, I survived the Bellator 228 weekend. Uh, how was your weekend? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, I was pretty busy uh, on Saturday. I uh, I caught most of the fights. Um, I'm glad to... I, uh, I saw the opening, uh, the prelims. Uh, the zone has been nice enough to put them on YouTube too, which was good for uh, you know for everyone to watch. And uh, so I got to see um, our boy Muka that was on the show win his fight by submission. Uh, it's funny. I know he wasn't trying to do that, but um, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, us talking about it, we spoke it into existence for him. Is that that was a poetic win for him? But um, yeah, man. I mean, you you definitely had some good tickets to to a good event so uh i mean i don't know just uh i guess you should probably take us through it man because you were there for the action live what what, what uh what stuck out to you the most yeah no it was it was a uh it was a typical you know fun bellator event they uh they generally put on a great show and th- this was no different the forum uh is, is a cool venue for mma there's not really a bad seat in the house uh, I actually was upper level, but I had my front row straight away. Uh, first time I'd ever sat in those seats in that arena, and it uh, it was it was well worth it. I had a great view, no nobody blocking me, nobody sitting in front of me. Um, so I, I, it was great. And, and as you said, the night kicked off. Uh, I wanted to make sure to get there early. I got there about 30, 40 minutes before the first fight because I wanted to make sure not to miss uh, Muka Barnes' fight uh, after coming on the show. Uh, he faced David Duran. Uh, we talked to him about how Duran had uh, submitted him early in his career in his, in a, during an amateur. And this was kind of a chance at revenge. And uh, yeah. start didn't start off great for him. He got hit with some big punches and, and got stumbled around a little bit. But once he settled in and, you know, he, he seemed a little tentative initially. Uh, once he settled in, he, he's got a couple takedowns and really started controlling the fight and uh, ended up finishing with the rear naked choke in the uh, second round. I saw you tweet out shortly before the fight, I believe, uh, that it would be uh, – uh, sweet redemption or something to those those words uh if he were able to win by submission so he did and uh it was a cool win for him i, I know he's made a few efforts in bellator and they haven't always been successful but uh i, I talked to uh, one of his teammates yesterday and they were really happy for him yeah man i mean i was actually happy to see it too after we spoke to him and uh you know when we talked about it i mentioned you know if you, if you remember when we had him on folks uh it's only like two episodes ago, right? And I feel like it's not that long ago. But uh, I said to him, I was like, oh, so this would be some a, a nice uh, way for you to run it back. And the face he made, I remember, stuck out to me when we said that to him. He was like, yeah. And and uh, it's crazy that, you know, especially when you can hand back the a victory the way that you took the loss from the same guy, you know, because he said he got uh, guillotine choked by Duran back in their amateur days. I mean... He's obviously put in a lot of work and, and, and evolved so much from, from back then. So it was good to see, man. But, um, uh, I mean, the tournament, man, Jesus, that, that was, uh, uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, uh, like I said, what stuck out to you the most, I mean, for me, the McKee with Georgie Car- Karakanian was uh, something that I thought, I didn't see it going that way. Like, I had McKee winning, I think. I think we both had McKee winning. But I don't think it was, uh, I didn't expect what happened to happen yeah no uh i mean that that 
jumps up the card a bit, but yeah, AJ McKee Jr. knocked out Georgie Kanaharian in eight seconds, uh, landed a big left hook, and uh, and then finished with some ground and pound. Uh, Kanaharian was pretty much done from the the punch standing though, and he, he went down hard. Um, uh, McKee just continues to be the phenomenon, you know that that uh, a lot of us kind of saw early on in his career. He had obviously had special talent. He's got a great pedigree. His dad also picked up a victory, Antonio McKee. Uh, picked up a uh, ground and pound win as well uh, earlier in the night on the prelims um, of a battle of a, a couple older gentlemen on the card. But uh, hmm. yeah, I mean, McKee, I, I went to the fight with Yuri Thompson, who we've had on the show before, uh, someone we both know, and uh, he is, he's heavy on the AJ McKee uh, bandwagon. Uh, I mean, he, he thinks he's going to win the tournament. He thinks he's the big favorite to win the tournament. Um, we had some disagreements on some stuff. I thought Kanaharian would, would put up a better fight, and I, I kind of hoped he did, but obviously when you get a chance at an eight-second knockout and something like that, it's always cool to see. Wakes the crowd up. Um, in this case, it was it was nice because it came off the Darian Caldwell win over Henry Corrales, which was really a big downer for the night, uh, in my opinion, and a lot of people kind of sitting around me in the arena. Um, and I even noticed Caldwell taking some hits on Twitter. Um he won the fight in a sense. He fought a smart fight, used his wrestling to really smother the heck out of Corrales, but uh, not the same, not the same Caldwell. I felt like we were seeing up until the, the Horiguchi losses. So I don't know if those losses, obviously Corrales is a big puncher, but uh, not a lot of excitement out of the Caldwell uh, Caldwell fight that night. Did you, uh, did you catch that one? Uh, I did, but that that I was gonna say it's actually um, uh, that's one that I <clears throat> excuse me, that's one that I uh, I kind of saw it going that way. Like I said, I know you know people are gonna be critical of the way folks uh, grab wins and whatnot, but I mean a W is a W, and and uh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it was uh, it was bad. I mean again, you're asking uh, you're asking the guy from Jersey, the you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get, I get it, yeah, yeah. I get it. I, 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 he came to win. I just didn't feel like he necessarily came to fight. And uh, and there's a fine line between the two. Um, and, and there's got and there's, you got to be smart. Uh, he used his strength to win the fight. I don't blame him for what he did. I'm just saying that it, it, the the AJ McKee knockout following that was a cool. It it, it helped the arena get back on pace because we were really the prelims were awesome. They started off with seven finishes in a row. Um, and then we had the, the the there was a decision mixed in there, but it, it was really a uh, it, it was a fun the atmosphere the arena was into it um, the opening bout uh, the Weishel Rogers fight uh, mm. although that that also went to decision but that was that was really one of the fight of the nights so it was a fun Weishel looked great um, a, a lot of people in the crowd were on uh, were for Rogers um, they were real high on him and. Coming into this, I didn't know a ton about him. I, we've seen him a couple times in some of the European Bellator shows. But uh, we both kind of, uh, I think, agreed that Weishel was basically the experienced fighter that was yeah. going to, uh, you know, show his experience. And uh, I thought he looked outstanding. Uh, uh, really, not so much one of the unexpected highlights, but he, he stood out to me um, as a real threat to the tournament, if he can be on his game, I, I thought he fought a great, great smart fight and, and beat a good young fighter in Rogers. Yeah. Uh, 
again, like like I I said it when we were looking at the card. Uh, you know, Weichel is one of those guys that I'm I'm just uh, when I think of like uh, Bellator staple fight, you know, I I kind of put him there with uh, Sadawad and all those guys that 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 I I always saw as just like Bellator staple fighters. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It, uh, it was definitely uh, I think that was the one. Is that the that was part that was what that started off the main card, right? Yeah, yeah. that was the first main card fight. Yeah, yeah. So that got yeah. it going and then and that was like I said, that was a great fight. The crowd was really pretty into that fight and then the Caldwell fight happened. Yeah. And then the McKee and then the McKee McKee dropped the bomb uh on Kanaharian. And so the tournament at this point we had, had seven of the eight uh tournament fights uh going back to the September seventh show, uh where they had the first half, and that led us to um, what was initially the main event, they ended up doing a shuffle of the cards so that they mm-hmm. could get their uh, selection show that we'll get to. Um, so they moved the, the Patricio Pitbull versus Juan Ocholeta fight up one fight, essentially into the co-main event slot. Um, but it was the title fight. And uh, another uh, a good fight, Pitbull fought. Pitbull basically fought a flawless fight. Archuleta came out slow. Uh kind of gave away the first couple rounds. He wasn't able to wrestle Pitbull, which mm-hmm. I thought was uh, was something that he might be able to do. Uh, I felt like that was maybe, but Pitbull sprawled on him every time. Pitbull dropped him two or three times in the fight, um, put him down, uh, was able to control him on the ground. Uh, it, it ended up going 25 minutes for, for a decision, but uh, and, the, and I think the judges all had it essentially five Five rounds, none. Four rounds to uh, one. I think a judge had it, but it was a uh, it, it was a domination from Pitbull. Who, you know, I've talked to you off the air about it, and I think I've said on the show. I mean, he's one of the he he's a stud. Uh, yeah, you know, he's he's beaten everybody there is to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, he just put down a guy on an eighteen fight win streak. I I just think that he is. Uh, I think he's starting to move himself into some special territory. Yeah. Um, as far as MMA history goes, especially if he was able to win this tournament. And um, I'm not sure where, where we're going to go with this. Uh, and I'll get into it where he's scheduled for his next fight, but I'm not sure where the lightweight belt's going to go here in, in Bellator. Uh, as long as he's in this tournament, I don't see him necessarily defending his lightweight belt in the midst of this tournament and the way the tournament's shaping up, it looks like for him to finish this tournament out, we're looking at uh, sometime not far from this time next year. Yeah. Um, Cause they, they put, they put up the, the month schedule at least for when the next bouts are going to take place. Um, uh, and you're right. Uh, let me see if I could look at it really quick, but yeah, yeah no, it, it's yeah, like they did. The, they, so after that fight, they did the selection show. Did you happen to catch that? Yeah. Couple, so that was actually it was actually kind of cool. I knew a couple of guys that were on it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was actually a pretty cool setup. They brought all the fighters out. They had them draw numbers, and then they allowed them to fill themselves into slots. So uh, the first guy, for instance, AJ McKee had number one. He came out and he picked his fight for December of 2019. So we got uh, and there was a four there was four months, which I'm not a big fan of. I'm not I don't like that they're separating the tournament this yeah, far. Yeah, so. I have it up here now from the press release. So we're looking at December 2019, January 2020, February 2020, and March 2020. So, yeah. So the fights fights that unfolded off that after a little bit of – basically the fights that unfolded was December's fight, which I believe is going to be in Hawaii, 
Um, that's what I've been hearing for the last several months. It hasn't been oh, announced yeah. yet, which yeah. is surprising to me. That's going to be AJ McKee versus Derek Campos, which is one of the fights that I called on the ride out there uh, to Yuri, actually. Uh, he thinks it's a huge mismatch. I think it's actually a good test for McKee uh, because Campos has good wrestling. He's a big puncher, got a decent chin. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a fun, interesting fight that moves us into January. Initially, this looked like it was going to be Pitbull's title defense before he was able to pull the switcheroo as the champion. He was allowed to to slot himself wherever he wanted. So mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to be Adam Borix versus Pitbull. As it turns out, it's going to be uh, Adam Borix versus Darian Caldwell. That's January 2020. I believe that'll be the forum event that they announced. Uh, Chris Cyborg and Julia oh, Budd yeah. That'd fighting be nice at. to attach that together, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I kind of feel like maybe there was already a little bit of knowledge about how where Pitbull wanted to fight because I didn't see two title fights necessarily on that card. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying this was predetermined at all, but Pitbull could have easily said that he was aiming for a March fight and and not necessarily January. So the, the, there's that. So January, again, we get Adam Borks, uh, Caldwell. Uh, I'm assuming we're bracketed out now, so that so the winner of that fight then would fight the winner of AJ McKee, Derek Campos. Mm-hmm. That moves us to February 2020, where we get a, a awesome rematch here. Uh, Daniel Weichel, Emmanuel Sanchez. Sanchez actually picked that fight, uh, called out uh, Weichel, who uh, I believe beat him by a split decision earlier in their career, uh, so it gives him a chance at some redemption. Then that moves to March 2020, which seems like a long time from now. It does, Pitbull's- yeah. Pitbull slid, slid himself in there against Pedro Carvalho, which is another great fight. So the final eight of this tournament, I can't really picture many surprises in my mind. Um, I, I think people, I, I, unless you, you got any. Uh, no, no surprises. I, I can tell you just because of based on their East Coast schedule with Bellator, the likelihood of the uh, Weichel-Sanchez uh, fight being in Connecticut and either Bridgeport or Mohegan Sun is is high just because if you look at if you look at their the way they travel and this around here that's usually when they're here you know february i think they were out here in in, uh march april once once or twice but february is usually the the more uh uh east coast traveled month so i wouldn't be surprised if that's part of a uh, uh you know another double header weekend it looks like they like doing those or so uh when they start planning for 2020 but I wouldn't be surprised if that's an East Coast event. Yeah, no, I kind of figured that too. Um, historically, they, uh, I, I figured December is going to be in Hawaii. If I was guessing, January is going to be in LA, which I think is a given at this point. February would make sense for somewhere on the East Coast. March, I would assume one of these would be in uh, maybe San Jose. So maybe March in San Jose. Um, why shall why shall uh, January card? That might be the one, Matt. Might have, might have to, that might be the one I have to come out for. <laughs> Work your way out for that one. Yeah. The, the other thing is Weichel and and, uh, and Sanchez could essentially headline like one of their Oklahoma cards. And then maybe the Pitbull, maybe they end up in the East Coast, Connecticut in March uh, with the Pitbull fight to headline uh, a bigger venue. So there's a lot of options. Um, I don't like it being spread out like this. I thought it was cool how we were streamlined with everybody fighting in the month of September. Um, and so I, I don't like the fact that we're now spreading this out because – this puts us into March, so that means, uh, and so we got January. So the quickest the guys out of January are fighting. What we got uh, to February to March is probably April. Uh, the March fights don't happen till what? Uh, March, 
April, May, June, maybe July. I mean, we're, we're, and then we got the semis and the finals. I mean, we're, we're basically into November, December of next year uh, before for, we wrap this up. Actual, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would, I guess that's what they try to do though. No, isn't that I how guess, they try to, yeah. I, I just, I don't see what the difference. I mean, AJ McKee fought I, the, I, last, I think, the other night. And I think this is their version of like, uh, uh, you know how the PFL does seasons. I feel like these tournaments, the way that they've been doing them, this is their version of getting fans ramped up. You know, I don't I actually don't mind them dragging it out. It's like watching a series or a show and, uh, you know, keeping up with the, the season, waiting for the big finales. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that. I just I, I think it'd be cool. Like in my mind, the next, you know, like, let's say you put them all on the January card and then you got so you got Cyborg headlining and then you got the four, you know, the the pitbull title fight and then the other three semis then they fight all again in like into april and then we get the final maybe in like end of july or something like that it basically is just a four month difference three four month difference but it is what it is it's what they've done obviously they know better than me about how their ratings and how the following's (laughs) been on their heavyweight and on their uh their walter a grand prix so i'm not here to doubt them i just i liked it when it was tighter i feel like this gives the opportunity for people to lose track of what's going on but if the fights are good then then no one's gonna have any problems with that so yeah so so that happened uh and then they brought out the main event which was initially the co-main event and uh two mma legends uh leota machida and gegard musasi uh turned out being a much closer fight than I initially anticipated. And I think that as the fight started off, I think it, you thought that Musasi was going to uh, do his thing. And, and I, I didn't, I didn't really ever see him finishing Machida, but I, uh, there was a couple chances. He hit him hard. He hit him with some good punches, but Machida did his thing, hung around. Um, it, it, interesting one commenting, you know, Machida's style, he comes in, for a strike and it's like yeah. it's almost like a car crash you know he comes in throwing a knee or a punch and even if he doesn't land it it's like they hit each other and then they kind of separate again yeah it, it, you don't really know from a judge's perspective it's hard to really know in my opinion what what damage is necessarily done or who's winning the confrontation because like you know machida does his karate thing and then it's like you know like a viper strike he comes in and it's a collision and then they, they kind of reseparate. And so it's a really an interesting thing. Um, but it also led to Machida seeming like to, to shift the momentum. He did have some, uh, you know, but in the long run, uh, Musashi ended up winning a split decision. I didn't see that. I thought it was 29, 28, uh, Gegard, uh, one judge gave it 29, 28 to, to Machida. One judge actually gave it 30 to 27 to, to Gegard, which is even more in, in my opinion in line with what than the giving it to Machida but uh uh good win for Musasi he called out Lovato Jr. for a rematch made some jokes about him doing using PEDs so uh yeah yeah like I saw just, that with the nipples and everything that was yeah funny. so there could be some bad blood <laughs> leading up to that rematch rematch was which is never a bad thing uh get some smack talking Musasi's usually pretty quiet this is the first time I could ever remember in my mind him really kind of uh Maybe it's because he played that old version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with James Lynch, and he got all worked up <laughs> over those bad bad graphics. <laughs> so, I didn't see that. I'll have to check. Oh that yeah, out. you should check it out. It's it's hilarious. 
So that wrapped up Bellator. That set up their next plans. Um, as stated, they also announced that Julia Budd will defend her title against Chris Cyborg uh, January 25th uh, in Inglewood. Um, so that's something to look forward to. They brought both of those fighters out. They faced off. Uh, they had Cyborg signing autographs again, so they're really using her. Uh, they're promoting the heck out of her right now, uh, which is which is obvious and a smart move for them. Um, but that kind of leads us up to this weekend. Uh, one fight of note, uh, alum to this show, and somebody who's been on uh, a few times, Fernando Gonzalez travels to uh, Chechnya for uh, ACA 100. Um, a big fight for him, coming off a loss, uh, fighting a tough Russian fighter, uh, Abu Bakar Vagaev, uh, who's, who's 16-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, ranked the number four Walter Waite in Russia, according to Tapology, um, and then and then Fernando Gonzalez, who's got some bizarro ranking on Tapology. They got him two hundred and thirty fifth Walter Waite in the world, which is asinine. He's he's easily uh, he's easily much higher than that. So uh, I don't know what those rankings are necessarily based on. But anyways, Fernando, uh, big big fight, uh, pretty high up on the card. He's the third to the last fight, so. Uh, we wish him all as well on his travels. Hopefully, he gets there easier than his uh, previous travels across the pond. And I know this, <laughs> this is his first, uh, yeah. first, uh, first time out in Russia for a fight. So, hopefully, he enjoys that experience and picks up a win. I think he only had the one bad trip that he documented, though. I don't think it, he's always had bad trips. No, but I don't think he's had too many long trips, and it doesn't take much when when a trip to uh, when a trip starts getting to the twenty hour time frame. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. something you don't forget that one so hopefully again he gets a big win and we're able to talk to him sometime in the near future coming off a win um another alum mason ecobelis uh who's still fighting amateur if it goes for his fourth uh title he's going for the california state title this big daddy uh, mace yeah big daddy mace is going for the title <laughs> this saturday night um at commerce casino here in la uh so that That'll be good. He's uh, the one that got me eating avocados for dinner. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a good guy. I, I I signed up for their gym, uh, not to fight or anything, but just to get in shape. And I talked to him the last couple of days. So he seems to be focused, cutting weight, um, and wants to come on the show again as, as soon as he picks up his fourth title fight. Um, and hopefully he'll have an announcement uh, of, of some of his future uh if the results go his way. So yeah. we'll be rooting for a couple alum this weekend out of uh, team quest there in Temecula. Um, that brings us to the big uh, middleweight title fight. We're finally unifying the belts uh, at UFC 243 in Australia. Uh, Israel Adesanya, the interim champion gets in there with Robert Whitaker, the, uh, the undisputed middleweight champion uh, of the UFC. Um, Really, a battle of the one and two fighters in the in the world, probably at middleweight. I think that's probably fairly accurate. Musasi might have something to say about that. Lovato <laughs> still got to work some work to do, but um, yeah, Lovato's gonna do. Uh, I forgot he just announced on his uh, social media he's doing some. He's gonna be doing some grappling competition between now and then. So uh, um, I think Richie Martinez, right? I think it's Richie Martinez here in this weekend. Yeah. As a matter of fact, now you say that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you might be right. It's uh, it's like the World Series of Grappling or something, or the the I I looked it up. Yeah, there's a lot of action this weekend. So, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Richie Martinez um, out here in Southern California. So that should be an interesting match. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but uh, but again, going back to this card, great fight there. Card, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The card's pretty damn weak for a pay per view. I know Holly Holm had to pull UFC out of her 243? fight. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, I I think we're. I feel like they did it with Ireland, uh, really pushing Connor and and yeah, taking their fans' money. I feel like they're doing it again now with Australia a little bit here with this card. They I mean, put a fight, you know. Go ahead. The the uh, I don't know if I mentioned it to you on air or if we talked about it last week, um, but um, I kind of feel like, and uh, you tell me what you think if we haven't talked about it. Like when they did this BMF thing for two forty four, which seems like nobody, nobody in the executive offices for for the UFC had anything to do with. You know, obviously it was Nate Diaz and. Jorge Masvidal uh, talked it up, and they said let's let's jump on it because November's right around the corner. Um, but I feel like that might have overshadowed this event, and uh, they're focusing so much on that now. This is why we have. I mean, granted, this card was already booked and stuff, and we lost a Holly Holm fight and Raquel. Uh, was it Raquel Pennington? Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean. I guess they got to put their local fighters on there, but uh, I don't know, man. I mean, do you think that you think that maybe they 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 pushed two forty four a little too hard and they kind of let two forty three? Now they just kind of wanted to come and go. I don't think it's that. I think it's that the UFC has had a history <laughs> of really taking advantage of a, a fan base of a hungry fan base and. When you put the event up with only like three or basically when the when the sales for the event started, there was only like the main event and then a couple of the undercard fights. They didn't even have a co-main event announced. And that's and like it, a, uh, some new new stadium they're doing in the Marvel Stadium. Isn't that a new it's some event? huge stadium? I don't yeah. think the view is great in it. It's it's basically for the spectacle of it. But what they put tickets on sale basically under the with only the Whitaker Adesanya fight announced. And then you sell 40,000 tickets within the first day. You don't really there's no there's no there's no reason for the UFC to start stacking the card to sell tickets. They've already done it. So I feel like that that's it's almost like a, a, a slap in the face, in a sense, to the ticket holders who buy the event. And then they don't you expect if you're telling you you're doing a stadium show. I mean, we wouldn't do a stadium show at like Cowboy Stadium or at Giant Stadium and 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 get a card like this. Let's just yeah. be honest. This happens because it's, you know, two fairly local fighters fighting. Uh, it's a huge main event, but they really, you know, Ally Akenta, Daniel Hooker co-main event is a good fight. Yeah. Uh, to me, that should be like the opening fight of a pay-per-view. You know, maybe the second fight, but co-main event. I mean, they put Tai Tuivasa on the card. That was just going to happen because he's Australian and uh, and and or New Zealand or whatever. And they uh, and and it's kind of like they just start shoving these local guys on the card, but. It just doesn't. It just doesn't do it for me as a uh, as somebody. I mean, if I if if I bought tickets and, and this was the kind of card you got, uh, obviously you got the big main fight, but mm. the rest is just not there. So, um, but the top two fights are good fights. Uh, yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, a lot of times when folks you know sleep on a card or 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 anything like that, those wind up the fights actually wind up being you know highlight reel finishes and oh, or, they, or it might good, be you know? great. I mean, yeah. we could have we could have a night of record breaking and and highlight knockouts, but if the fights don't mean anything, it takes away a little from it. I mean, you can go watch great knockouts at a King of the Cage event or a Ring of uh, Combat event, and 
it, it, they're great fights, but they don't necessarily mean anything unless it's somebody coming up and it's for the UFC contract or something like yeah. that. But you know, when you're in the UFC, when you go to a UFC event, especially one where they tell you it's going to be at like a sixty thousand seat arena, and we're looking at a sellout and tickets are, you know, several hundred dollars or, or year, I don't know what currency is in Australia, but anyways, it it, <laughs> it, it, it leads up. You know, it's it's you're paying good money, and I feel like if let's say they only sold ten thousand tickets the first day, we might have saw, you know two or three more big fights get announced for this card in order to push ticket sales. But once the tickets are sold, there's no reason to do it. It's, uh, it's kind of like what we got with the, uh, the UFC card out there. Uh, when we ended up with Lewis and Cormier, that was a last second one, but they told, they sold tickets on, on Diaz and Poirier. And I mean, I got, I can only remember it wasn't Jacare and Weidman and that fight ended up happening, but it, there was about six fights that fell apart on that card and, uh, well, and, once, yeah. and once the tickets were sold, it was easy to pass Lewis and Cormier as a, as a legitimate main yeah. event because well, you didn't have to have one. Talking about fights falling apart, I don't know about you, but uh, when Robert Whitaker fights, and all, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous before and after Robert Whitaker fights. Just I feel like, and uh, it, it's funny because I think yesterday or the day before. Adesanya said something along the lines, hinting at it, like why he's get, getting paid more to fight in this event. Because I mean, Whitaker, Whitaker has been spent a lot of time as champion as as injured, which is why you know Adesanya is holding an interim title. And then the last time he was supposed to fight, it was uh you know he uh had the hernia thing. Before that, it was his knee, and then it you know it's just like um so I'm like. Whitaker has become one of those fights. It's like the Ferguson Khabib thing. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried up until fight day just because of the way the last time happened. Like like if we, God forbid something happened that we lose this main event. But I mean, uh, I shouldn't. I feel like this is too often for me with UFC cards. Yeah, I mean, he's only fought you know in two years now. He's only, this will only be a second fight in, in about two years. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean that is a in considering some of the reasons that he wasn't able to to fight, you never know what uh, what so, to expect. But. And the thing is like say he wins, say he wins and you know retains the title and you know then then he's got to defend it against the next person whatever. He something might break on him that he's out again for, you know what I mean? And we're back in the mess again. And I blame this all on George St. Pierre. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I mean I don't know. I'm, I know we're going off in a different direction, but uh, I mean, it's just something I'm th- I'm, I'm looking at. So uh, I always like doing the pre my picks on on this show first before I submit them to uh, MMAnews.com and SureDog.com, and um, so we, we do our our breakdowns and picks so every, folks get the audio version here first. And um, that's one of the things that ha- I had the most trouble writing this thing because I was just like, man. I just realized I don't think I like Robert Whitaker. <laughs> as nice well, a guy as he is, I don't. I think I hate him for, you know, as the fan part of me, which I'm surprised you you, you don't feel the same way because you're like the you're like the big fan guy for the show. Like I don't know. I I just feel like maybe uh I don't know. Maybe I'm taking it too personal. Yeah. Well, before we get to that fight, how about we talk about somebody you probably do like in Raging Ally Akenta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, from a little bit from your neck of the woods, how do you see that co-main event going uh, mm. with Raging Allen, Daniel Hooker? Obviously, a, a fun fight. Uh, 
a lot of potential here. Uh, like to your take on that fight. Yeah. Well, my take is, I mean, here's the thing. Like, so I feel like when I, I honestly, I don't understand how odds makers make, I don't understand how odds makers make odds. I don't get where they get there. Like, uh, I think they, they either base it on hype or, or, you know, what they're reading in trending news or whatever. But so my take is, <clears throat> my take is, uh, what, the, what did I fucking write the wrong pick on this? <laughs> You're confused about odds makers. <laughs> yeah, well, I like I told you, I'm having a weird day. Oh, oh well, I, you know what? That's because I did a little, I did a little bit more deeper research. So, you know, the thing about these fights, the same thing with the main event, and and this was is the other one. It was hard for me to pick, uh, make a pick for it. So, uh, for me. Alikinta's biggest uh, uh, show of strength and grit and like you know durability was when he fought Khabib Nurmagomedov on short notice, went all five rounds and took it to a decision. Not only did he do that, there was points where he actually looked good in the fight. He landed, you know what I mean. So because of that, I I, uh, I see this. I, I don't feel Alikinta should be the underdog that he is. However, I do understand. When you look at Ayakinta's record, I mean, I, he fought in Canada, but you're still kind of like North America, you know, like we're still in the same hemisphere. This is his first time fighting all the way in, uh, as we say in, in Jersey, East Bumblefuck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, it's like, I feel like that might be why he's the underdog, and because of that is why I, I, I hesitantly pick Dan Hooker to win. Yeah, I uh, I think I, I can't uh, wins a decision in this fight. Um, I what, hope... where, what are the odds? Uh, I you know what I didn't I didn't look at them, but they're ever changing. But either way, either way, they keep having him as the underdog. Actually, I can tell you right now. Um, I mean he's he's uh, I mean I, I think it's because of of Hooker's uh, doesn't he have a high KO rate too? If I'm not mistaken. Um. Yeah. Well, I basically I feel like the so the odds makers are just trying to place the the the, the odds so that they can bring in money on both sides. You probably yeah. have the local guy and Hooker fighting, so he's probably bringing in a little bit of money um, from the locals there. The Vegas odds makers, I would think. Uh, would probably I hope we didn't record the message you just sent me. <laughs> uh, Ikenta's plus one thirty two. So, so Ayakinta's the small underdog. Right now. So yeah, you, it's a small one, yeah. So uh huh. Okay. So that 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 will uh that's so he's the small underdog. That means money's coming in a hooker. Basically it's even money. Uh that means the casinos are gonna get rich off this fight no matter what happens. Yeah. Um the uh then the main event. Uh Adesanya Whitaker. I'm going with Adesanya in this one. Uh more active fighter. Uh, I don't, if it's a stand, I expect a stand up fight and a stand up fight. I'm going to take the strike, the heavier striker. I feel like that's him. Um, I think Whitaker's great. Uh, I don't like all the injury problems he's had, but that's not a knock on him. It's just the way it is. Uh, I'd rather have a more active champion, uh, and uh, a little more charismatic champion, I guess. And, and Adesanya adds a little bit of fun to it. So I'm going to go with him. Uh, let's say fourth round knockout. 
for for who you said fourth round knockout? I just yeah, lost my notes. Sorry. For Adesanya. You think Adesanya is going to knock knock out Whitaker? Huh? I do. I hmm. do. I mean, R- Romero hit him hard a few times, dropped him, hurt him. I think Adesanya can uh, can really use his his pinpoint striking, and uh, once he's got him hurt, I think finish him. Uh, where where Yoel's just searching for the big shot. So, and I know I just I know I just spent like a good five ten minutes dogging uh, Whitaker, but <laughs> but the thing about when Whitaker is okay and he is fighting, he is kind of uh, you know a hammer. Uh, you know, obviously those wars, he went, he went through two wars with, uh, Romero. And, um, so we got to see, like you said, he did get dropped, but he also came back. And, um, the, one of the things, even though he won the fight against Gastelum, one of the things I took away from that was that when he, when, when, uh, and even the second round of, uh, when he fought Silva, Anderson Silva, that he, cause, uh, you know, he lost, uh, on some of the judges cards, he lost that second round, um, uh, when guys pressure Adesanya and come at him, you know they um, they throw him off of his game. Um, actually, if you guys haven't checked it out, um, whatever the hell Luke Thomas's new gig is, he did a, a like almost a twenty minute straight breakdown on on Adesanya's usage of feints coming from kickboxing and strikers. That's a big thing with, in striking arts. And um, so he did a whole breakdown with with a, from a few of his fights and highlights that said uh, that showed how he uses them and why they work so well for him and and why it, you know his striking seems so surgical. But I think again the Silva fight that one round and the uh, the Gastelum fight. If he gets a guy that just marches into anything, he all that flicking and you know. You know that trickery and all that nonsense that he does. I think uh, that that gets thrown off when somebody comes at him, and I think Whitaker's going to come at him, and I, I I honestly feel like Whitaker can pull off a decision. I don't think he'll. I think he'll lump up Adesanya, but um, I mean I'm going to disagree and say Whitaker Whitaker can pull off the win, not by finish, maybe a finish. I don't know. The damage. Every time I think about this fight, I keep seeing Adesanya's swollen face and how he looked like the the way Martin Lawrence looked when he fought uh, whatever boxer was on the Martin Lawrence show. It was like that big swollen Martin Lawrence mask. I mean, he he looked messed up, you know. So that's uh, I'm gonna go Robert Whitaker. Well, at least one of us will be right. So that'll be <laughs> yeah, <positive>. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But, uh... So but yeah, I, know, I mean, it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I, I know um, the other fights on the card. Uh, I, I have the picks for them. I don't know if I should read them. I might as well read them off. I know. I know you said you didn't really. Um, I mean, I agree with you as far as the card. I mean, it's not the. It's not the most. Those are the two fights that most folks are looking forward to. I mean, they have uh, Tai Tuivasa and Sergey Spivak and. Um, I mean, I'm picking uh, Tui Vasa because he's just he's just just won a lot in Australia. He's got the one loss at the Adelaide event, I think. But after that, uh, you know, every time he's fought at home, he's won. And then they have this guy Luke Jumo Jumeo. <laughs> <laughs> I know we we were screwing around before we started recording trying to pronounce this guy's name. Um, but uh, I mean, it, that looks like a, a fight that Diego Lima was probably going to win. And then uh, Jorgen DeCastro versus Justin Toffer. That's the fight from the prelims that got bumped up to the main card because of the removal of the uh, Holly Holm Pennington one. 
And uh, that one, I simply picked Jorgen DeCastro De because of he's, I mean, they're both, for folks that don't know, they're both undefeated. They both carry a lot of high knockout KO rate. Uh, DeCastro only has uh, one win by decision. So I figure either these guys are going to put each other away early and they'll move the card right along. One of them will knock out the other or or someone's going to be smart and try to test, you know, the other aspects of the fight game. But because of the the slight experience, I picked uh, Jorgen De Castro to win that. So that's that's pretty much the the full card for or the full the main card for uh, UFC 243. Cool. Are you going to uh, you going to be out at the bars watching it this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I have a really nice. Uh, so if folks haven't been um, folks haven't been reading it. I've done two and they do well at MMAnews.com. I do the seven takeaways from every pay-per-view event, and uh, apparently they're being well-received, and it works out really well because I start writing with everything that happens on Fight Week. I start writing it around this time. usually starts with this podcast because Matt wakes me up to to things I should be looking at and stuff when we talk about fight cards, so I pay attention to those things, and um, I go to uh, the—it's literally a four-minute drive from my house where I watch it. And uh, they got really good wings, and uh, I can race right back home, watch the post-fight press conference, and catch any other things up. So that's pretty much how I'm going to watch pay-per-views until uh, you know, until I die or something. <laughs> hey, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> we got so caught up in this other stuff, I, I'm, 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 uh, we skipped out on the fact that I'm actually going to Bellator again this Friday night, um, and it's a, a really a great card here at the Pachanga Indian Reservation. That's we're right. Not break, yeah. We're not going to break down the fights, but I it just totally slipped my mind. Andre Korshkov, Lorenz Larkin, uh, our boy Syed Awad. So we actually got three alumni uh, fighting this weekend. Hopefully we can go 3-0 and coming off the Barnes win. Uh, Syed Awad versus Goti Yamauchi, uh, Joe Schillings, Tony Johnson, Kerry Melendez. So uh, and, you're going to that, you said, right? Yep, Friday uh, Friday night. I uh, Derek Anderson. Uh, who you interviewed? I mean, yeah, we actually got make it make it four fighting this weekend. So, it's, so let uh, me let me ask you this. Um, I know actually no one posted it out from the press release. There's they're doing seven post limb cards. So how are you going to handle how are you going to handle that as as uh, someone going there? Well, I that's I even I commented on Nolan's uh, tweet as well. So mm-hmm. here's the deal: when they have an event here in southern in especially where we're having it here at Pachanga. On a Friday afternoon, if they started the card any, let's say they did their normal start time on the West Coast here for prelims, mm-hmm. which is like three thirty, four o'clock. If they did that, if you were coming even from like twenty miles away, you basically would have to be here by two o'clock in the afternoon. You'd have to be here basically two hours before the event in order to clear traffic. Otherwise, you're going to sit in traffic, basically bumper to bumper traffic for an hour, hour and a half to get here. Mm. So the old Friday events that I would go to, I've been to every event. I believe every event that's ever been at Pachanga and uh, that you would go early and there would be like me and like six other dudes in the crowd. It was just, <laughs> most people can't leave work early. So they've decided, it seems like it was maybe two, maybe three, three events ago. They went to basically two prelim fights, start at five o'clock local time here. And then they have the, the post limbs. Now the advantage to being on the West coast, as opposed to where you're at on the East coast is this, this event's going to end at like eight thirty at night, the main card. So really, if they if the post limbs if it goes till ten ten thirty, 
it's not a big deal. You're still getting out. There's still the casino. There's still the nightlife is just getting started. Whereas if it, the event ended at 30, you kind of walk out of there for people that are younger and more likely to want to go out and party. It's still kind of early in the night, um, even for gambling and drinking and stuff at the casino. So uh, I think it just works out better. Uh, local fighters weren't. I mean, if you're selling tickets to people and you're the local fighters on the prelim, you were showing up and there was eight, eight, nine people in the crowd. I mean, it was just it didn't make it possible for a lot of the the fans, unless you were hardcore crazy like me who'd take a day off work just to get there for the first prelim. Uh, most people weren't making it. So I actually kind of like it. Um, it, it okay. does. It does kind of suck when the post limbs are uh, underwhelming. Uh, this event is not that case. Uh, I mean, you've got Derek Anderson against Gotherme Bamba. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Mar- uh, Mauricio Alonso returns. He hasn't fought since he knocked out uh, Josh Koscheck. So yeah. that's kind of an interesting one. Um, another Russian, another Tokov fights. Uh, Joey Davis is on the prelims 5-0. and Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Tokov. Exactly, Vladimir Tokov. Um and then, uh, and then Antoli Tokov is on the the prelim uh, right now scheduled. So there's some there's name fights. It's not uh, a bunch of jobbers kind of going at it to fill out yeah. the time. Um, there is a couple. Obviously, you get some of the later fights, or, and and some of them are the younger kids. But so um, I, I wonder if these are going to be the post because it because uh, they're saying it'll be on the Bellator mobile app uh, slash the zone at the conclusion of the main card. I'm wondering if they're going to do like they did for. Uh, 228 and put it on youtube as well because that would be that'd be good for you know everybody can catch it you know everywhere um it would make sense to me i don't see any reason to hide these fights from anybody i mean it's not Mm -hmm. the main card it's not fights that people are necessarily clamoring for but again on the west coast here specifically let's say you're watching it on tv you're not at the event it ends at 8 30 you're still hungry for some more fights they should make it easy for everybody to be able to watch it and our boy sada Watt is on that on the at that's least right. gonna, yeah yeah that's, right. that's, that's have... an interesting fight i mean he's fighting goiti yamauchi i mean i'm interested i know sada sad's uh you know tough but uh you know yamauchi's got a unique submission game for mma yeah, and Syed's coming off back-to-back losses, so this is a this is a big fight for him. Either gets back in the mix, or you know, or he's starting to get in trouble with with three fights in a row. I don't see him going anywhere. He's a, he's a he's a moneymaker for Bellator in the sense mm-hmm. that he 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 brings fans to the events locally here. A and B, he puts on a great show. Um, the you know uh, Yamauchi's coming off a win over Daniel Weishel, so mm-hmm. you know, and, and then a loss to prior to that he had a loss to Chandler. Uh, but he's uh, he's another one of those younger guys that's really made a name for himself in Bellator. So it's a great fight. Uh, like I said, the the main card, like I said, uh, Carrie Melendez keeps working her way up. Uh, she's got a little stiffer competition here against a little uh, girl who's actually had some fights. Um, Joe Schilling record's not great, but again, always brings it. A uh, local guy here in Southern California, yeah. uh, fans like him, and he's always. Uh, that potential huge knockout highlight reel uh, that at the small events, people just, you know, it's, it's really helpful. And then the main event, Korshkov and Larkin, uh, that fight was supposed to happen uh, earlier this year, I believe in January. Yeah. Um, and, and it got canceled. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's got potential for fight of the year. I mean, we say that for certain fights, but if both those guys show up with their, potential game plan that they've they've used in the past mm-hmm. um that could be fireworks 
Uh, there yeah, could be a lot, of, a lot of spinning stuff and, and something spectacular. <laughs> <in that way. laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, Koroskov is, is, uh, is like the protege or student of, of uh, Alexander Slamenko, who likes to throw a lot of spinning stuff. I mean, he's guaranteed to throw one spinning back fist every round. Yeah. So. I mean, he's got his spinning <laughs> kicks. And then Larkin's name is the monsoon. And that's not, that's not, you know. There, there's a lot of uh, a lot of rotating action potential in that fight. <laughs> so, so that's Friday night. So Friday night, that UFC uh, ACA again this weekend. Uh, that'll be on their ACA pay per view. Uh, uh, Mason Ecobellis fighting here locally in LA, Commerce Casino. And just to also confirm, I checked, and it is uh, Lovato Jr. versus Martinez. That's also Saturday here in Long Beach in Southern California. Um, nice. And that is, and if you're local, obviously you can get tickets for that. I'm not sure about a start time, but it's also available. Uh, for a pay-per-view on uh, worldjujitsufestival.com. Uh, so I imagine it'll be a $20 pay-per-view. It looks like tickets are being sold by Richie Martinez now for $20. So uh, I think it's kind of – there's some other super fights. Uh, I think maybe uh, Paul Harris is fighting Gordon Ryan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I th- it's, that's the sad, same event. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that might be Saturday. I think it's a two day thing, so I'm not sure exactly how it breaks out. Fans will have to look into that, but there are a couple uh, tremendous super fights, and I don't know about undercard and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, uh, action packed weekend and looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I'm glad you're going. I actually, I don't know why I thought that card was somewhere else <laughs> instead of. I, I, uh, yeah, I know you can go outside and throw a rock at Pachanga, right? Like, like... Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it's $8 Uber right away, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking oh, that's, forward to that. That's dope. I wish Cyborg would, and, and Ping would fight there, but that's another story. But yeah. uh, All right, man, we might as well close it out. Uh, we went over because uh, because uh, you're going. How did, how did, how did we not plan for that? I you're... know. I, I, that might tell you I go to too many damn fights when I can't even remember the ones I'm going to, but uh, fans can always follow us at combat hour on Twitter at coast to coast combat hour on Instagram, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram, follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter at Carbazal on Instagram. I'm on TikTok too. Now. I don't know what that is. But, uh, follow Carbazal Ed at MMA. Carbazal <laughs> MMA on TikTok. Uh, I don't even want to know what that is. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, that's it. Uh, unless you got anything else to add, Ed, uh, anything? No, man, I'm good. Uh, you have fun out there. I mean, I'll be looking for you for your photos, and uh, um, I'll I'll be watching uh, I'll be watching the fights here uh, on uh, at at a pub or on on uh, on my phone through the uh, what's it call it um, YouTube or DAZN or whatever they're streaming that at. Man, I'm actually looking forward to that one. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. A lot of action Friday and then goes in the UFC on Saturday. So, all right, man, have a good uh, rest of the week. You too. Hey, guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.